0: Raging, Cajun Nation to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand and let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day
1: starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alloy! Alloy! Ready! Who's y'all ready? ready? Who's your team
0: ready? That's got one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Ah! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Raging Review podcast. Nick, Jerry, and Josh with you tonight. Thanks for hanging out with us. Raging Review is sponsored and presented by Gordon McKernan, the injury attorney, is the official injury attorney of Raging Review. You can get with these guys if you need anything done at getgordon.com. 888-532-1573 is the toll-free number. Remember, you get the G guarantee when you go with G. If they can't win your case, you do not owe a dime, a penny, anything at all, no cost, no fee. GetGordon.com. Get Gordon and Get It Done, headquartered in Baton Rouge and an office in Lafayette. Lafayette Roofing and General Contractors, our buddy Darren Domingue waiting for your call. Great team, family-owned and operated, of course, licensed and insured. Be checking your roofs, especially in the spring. You're going to have a lot of water coming down, so make sure there's no granules in your gutters. All the sagging that you guys are pretty familiar with here down in South Louisiana, make sure you take care of it. 337-237-7663, 337-237-7663. Great sponsor of Razor Review, great sponsor and friend to UL Athletics and the whole Louisiana family. Patriot Seal Group, Chris Russo, his family, all of the wonderful things he's been able to do for athletics over the years. We want to say thank you to him. We appreciate all of his help, and uh, obviously he's one of the uh, official sponsors of UL Baseball. They sponsor the, the roster, and the, uh, the scorecards, he's got a big, nice sign out in right field. Check him out at Patriot Steel Group on LinkedIn. Or you can call Brandon Gallett or Reed Barbier at 337-443-9296. A great friend to Raging Cajun Athletics and the Raging Review Podcast. Boys, a little basketball on deck. Some preview of the humps to get to. How are we feeling?
2: First of all, before we get started, my boy Darren Domingue, I need to... A- I need to talk to I need a new roof. Do they do work in Texas? Can he hook me up? Will he come to Houston? Other than that, yeah. Uh, exciting weekend for the Cajuns. Looking forward to seeing if we can make some noise in the tournament. Three days in March. Is that the saying? Three three games, three days in March, and this is it. We're here. So uh, so make things happen. I, look, we definitely got the talent to make some noise in the tournament. So, uh, so let's do it. And then Campbell coming to town. Solid baseball team. We'll talk about them. We'll talk about what they're doing this season. They can swing the bat. They can pitch. They're a solid team fundamentally. It'll be a challenge. So, uh, looking forward to a fun, exciting, and hopefully successful weekend for both of our uh, teams and softball as well. Can't forget them.
3: Gerald, how are we feeling? Feeling good. Feeling good. Um, lots going on this weekend. To Nick's point, uh, you know, baseball has a very. It's early in the year, but it's still. I, I still consider it a very. Um, not going to say crucial series, but this series is a good indicator of where we are so far. Uh, this Campbell team has been to a regional every year. Year I want to say since 2017, 2018, they're very good. They compete. I mean, they're, I think they have a few votes in the top 25. Um, you know, they're definitely a top 35, top 40 ball club um, consistently. So we're going to be well tested. I think this, I mean, by far, this will be the toughest challenge uh, of the year through these uh, six, uh, eight games. But uh, I, I'm I'm excited to see where we are. It's going to be a good barometer of where we are against some really good competition. They can hit the ball, they can pitch, they field well. Campbell is a complete team. Uh, as far as basketball goes, uh, you know, you got the number two seed. You came up one game short of winning the championship or the regular season championship. Now it's time to go out there and, and, and play with the chip on your shoulder this weekend. Uh, I said before that the tournament is up for grabs. I think there's a good maybe four to five teams that really have a chance to win it all. But I expect our team to be cutting down the nets on Monday night. I, I hope that we can go out there and, and compete. But if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And so we're going to have a tough challenge ahead, but we have the team to do it. And so we'll see where the chips fall. But I, I expect this team to, uh, to play well, and hopefully uh, we'll be on a bracket come next week.
0: One thing that I haven't heard a lot from uh, people in the media or anything is that one of our very own helped to build that Campbell baseball team. If, if anybody remembers that, I know he's been here for – you know, talking
2: about Wells, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Talking about Jake Wells. Sorry, yeah. he's been here. I think I think this is year, at least three, maybe four.
2: But he it came in what 2019
3: was his first first season here.
2: Yeah, and but but so before he came here, he he hopped around quite a bit. Uh, my brother made some funny remark. He said he never sees a shadow because he's always on the move. Comes to Louisiana, comes to Lafayette, falls in love with the place. We can't get rid of him, so. Uh, yeah, he, I think that was one of his stops before coming here, but it looks like we got Wells for a while and happy to have him here, man. He's a great addition to this coaching staff.
0: Yeah. I think Jake is on the fast track to becoming a a head coach somewhere uh, in college baseball, but glad to have him here. But, but to the point is that, you know, Campbell wasn't much of a, I don't know what kind of history they have, but in the recent history, they weren't, there wasn't much to write home about from Campbell. He goes in there, they have a coaching staff and I know it's not just Jake, but. When Jake was there, I think it was there two total years, maybe one. It's something like that. But in that year, they went to their first ever regional while he was on the staff. So think about that. And then they've had staying power because they've been good since he's left. So that's something to keep your eye on. Uh, And we'll get into Campbell a little bit later. First, we'll start with basketball. It's a hot topic right now, obviously. You know, I don't know how they feel going into the tournament I know that the South Alabama game, last home game when they, you know, went, went ahead and became undefeated at Cajun Dome first time in history, it was lively. They played hard. The guys look like they're totally into it. You know, there's a couple of snubs on the, altern- or the all-season teams. Like, I thought that Jordan Brown was a player of the year. He got snubbed. Maybe that's a chip on the shoulder. You know, famous folks was the uh, assist leader in the league this year. Um, maybe he had a chance, he had a, a case for newcomer. You know what I mean? Always pay attention to that kind of stuff. I know it's individual awards and they, they try to downplay it, but I'm looking for bulletin board, board material. So I'm wondering how the team is feeling going into this, th- this thing. It's kind of different, you know, with the double buy, you sit a while. So it's a little bit different dynamic when you sit and you watch everybody else play. So do you get bored? Do you, do you kind of get antsy? How does that work? You know, different players, different teams react differently to all those things. I will pose the question to you guys to get the basketball talk started and then we'll move into the tournament itself. Uh, Jerry and I were talking about this earlier and I, I wanted to ask each individual, right? You two and then I'll go last. What is a success? You know, at the end of this weekend and, in, and, you know, and maybe into Monday, hopefully, what is a success in your mind with this particular basketball team? And I'll set the table this way. I'll use a, a rope quote. We had a great season. You know, you finished as a two, to two seed in the tournament. So you did everything you had to do in the regular season to set yourself up for success in the tournament, which we all know means a ton. So have we accomplished something? I would say it's an accomplishment to have a good season. The season matters. However, as Robe would say, you earn the right to do more. Are we satisfied with going undefeated at home? Are we satisfied with, you know, a good regular season? I know the players aren't. I wonder how the orbit around Cajun basketball feels going into the tournament. We've earned the right to do more. We've set ourselves up for, for success in the tournament. What, what are we going to do with it? What's the success to you guys? Win it. Tired
2: of waiting, man. I mean, we've waited enough for the opportunity to go back to the tournament. We should be competing to be in the in the NCAA tournament every single year. We have the resources. We have the the talent. We got to do it and we can't just push it off. Well, you know, we did real good this year on the next year. Let's try it again. At the end of the day, it's a results oriented business. And if we're not achieving the results that we have the ability to achieve, then it's not a success. Now, if if we're coming off of a, a losing season last year and now we're in the number two seed, yes, that's a success. But we made it to the conference championship last year and we didn't make it. Next step is to win it. But again, how long has it been since we made it to the dance? It's been a while. It's time. And if we don't make it there, to me, kudos to the players. Kudos to the, the 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 undefeated record at home. But at the end of the season, what does it truly mean if you don't make it to the dance after this many years? My opinion.
0: What if we get selected to the NIT? No. What if we go that, to the that final? That in seven and bucks will
2: get you a cup of coffee. And, and no no, no slight to that because, again, that's an accomplishment for our players. But to me as a program, how we should progress is progressing into the tournament, which we should, again, with the resources we have, with the talent that we bring in, we should be competing to be in that tournament every year. Now, I don't expect us to make it every year, but every two, three years, we should be in there. And we've not lived up to that expectation. This is the year we need to take that next step. If we don't, I'll be disappointed.
0: Uh, let me give a disclaimer before you go, Jerry, just so I can kind of clear the air on this. First of all, to your point, Georgia State made the tournament three times in seven years. There's no reason why we can't do the same. But before you go, Jerry, this, is, this has nothing to do with the players. This, this is the orbit of, of Cajuns basketball. When this season is over, I'm going to thank every single player individually because we appreciate you for wearing Louisiana across your chest. This has nothing to do with players. This has to do with 13 years of basically the same regime in place, and we're asking, you know, ourselves, but in general, fan the fan base. What's the success? You know, what's the standard? We call, we keep talking about the standard. The standard kind of moves here and there. But I just wanted to say that this is this has nothing to do with the players. I'm proud of the players we have. I'm glad that they're here. I'm thankful for them. This is an overall fan, donor, alumni feeling about what success is in men's basketball go
2: and before ahead. you go Jerry if we are, are in the same position in softball or baseball we're I mean there are lynch mobs out there going out and saying we need a change we need something we, you know something needs to happen and I think we need to let like reset that level of expectation with our basketball program and stop thinking that we're not as good as we can be or we should be to me we should be aiming for that every single year and again I'm saying every single year we should be in that conversation to be in the tournament. That is my opinion.
3: I'll give you guys one word standards going into this year before the four teams were added to the Sun Belt conference. We had the second largest operating budget in basketball behind Georgia state. All right. That's a fact. Uh, we would hear from people how we don't have money, how our athletic director gave all the money to football. So we can't function. Uh, we've heard how our team's, have trouble charter. We can't charter flights, so we can't win on the road. Well, we chartered one flight this year to JMU, which we lost. And I would say our budget probably dropped a little bit uh, lower than some of the newer schools. And guess what? We finished in second place in the league, one game short of a conference championship in the regular season. So all of those excuses, and to your point, Josh, what we talked about before, those are excuses. This team still showed that in spite of all of those Uh, external factors of not having money and not being able to travel on charter flights you still finished in second place so number one i don't want to hear that anymore okay again it goes back to standards number two like i said before this conference tournament has a good five or six teams that are good enough to go to the dance and cut the nets on monday night ul james madison southern miss marshall i'd even say troy or georgia southern uh those are two teams they're on the outside looking in, but they have a shot to to make some noise if they get hot at the right time. That's the beauty of March Madness. With that being said, I still think we have one of the more complete teams in the conference. I still think, for now, knock on wood, we're fairly healthy going in. We get an extra day's rest, so we should have some fresh legs for Saturday night. So at that point, we should have some momentum just because of the fact that we've won the last few games of the regular season and we got a week off to take a break. So I think we should be ready to roll. With that said, I hope that we're cutting the nets down. The standard to me should be cutting the nets down Monday night, period. We should be the ones on the bracket come next week for March madness and making it to the dance. When you're filling out your NCAA tournament pools, I expect to see Louisiana on the back bracket. That should be the expectation. You know, making it to the championship is one thing losing in the championship. It's still the same result as if you didn't make the conference tournament at all. You're not going to the dance. So I've always had the high expectations. Maybe should I say people have some people have thought I've had higher expectations. My expectations over the last 10 years or so has always been top four plus an NIT or NCAA birth. Now th- we've only accomplished that twice in 13 years, okay? We've been in the top four twice with along with an NCAA and NIT. An Uh, birth. In in 2014, we were third in the conference, went to the NCAA tournament. And in 2017, 2018, we finished first in the regular season and went to the NIT. This is the third, I want to say this is the third time we have finished uh, in the top three um, uh, in the last 13 years, but we're only 50% there. And last time I checked, 50% is still a failing grade. I expect this team, and regardless of whether or not they make the NCAA or NIT, I expect this team to be playing in a postseason game beyond the conference tournament after Monday night. Uh, If we don't get it, then I'm not going to be happy. And I'm sure a lot of people aren't going to be happy. This is not a time for consolation prizes, guys. I don't care if we make the semis. I don't care if we make the championship. If we're not cutting down the nets Monday night, I will be disappointed. And like I said, there will be fans that will be disappointed. We cannot keep moving the goalposts for our expectations. We can't keep moving the goalposts for our expectations. In the beginning of the year, and look, I want to say Coach Marlin said it a few weeks ago. Our goal is to go to the dance and win a game in the tournament. Well, if you don't do that, you didn't reach your goal. So I'm not I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. With this team, with the talent we have, we're a very complete team. We have a team that's hungry. We have a team that plays for one another. And they they really have good chemistry. I expect this team to be cutting down the nets. Um, And if they don't, I will be very upset. So that's the kind of standard. That, that's not an unrealistic standard it's not an unrealistic standard. So I hope, I hope I'm right. I hope I'm right. And we're doing that on Monday night. Um, So I I expect that. And again, it goes back to one word standard. We have to reach, we have to reach a standard.
0: I had a feeling Jerry was going to bring the heat tonight.
3: Well, I'm just tired of the of, of the runarounds. You know, I'm, I'm tired of the go post moving. I'm tired of, of of every time we come up short. There's a new excuse. I mean, come on, you we, because we can't charter flights. Seriously, that that's why we can't win. Come on, man. We, we chartered one flight this year and we won 23 games. I, I'm we just tired bust, of hearing it.
2: We bus to and from Omaha in 2000. I don't want to hear it. When we were in <laughs> when we had Western Kentucky in the league in basketball, we were busing to Bowling Green. And we were winning the league and making NCAA championships yeah. or NCAA tournament. And like I understand it's, it's, it's. I'm over the excuses. Like we got to start. Well, we got to start getting something out of this.
3: And maybe to a point, you can use that for recruiting, right? Hey, we charter flights. I know that that's attractive to recruits. I mean, now I mean NIL and all of these other selling points, but I don't think that's a factor in not getting. I mean, look again. We don't charter flights right now. And look at the team that we have. I mean, look at the talent we have. So, you know, we're not not winning because we don't charter flights. We're not not winning because the the uh, the the money, you know, so and so gave the money to football and all this other other foolishness. And that's what it is. I call it foolishness. Just go deliver. Get the job done. Go do. Uh, You know, we have a nice facility. Our coach said it a few years ago. We have the nicest facility in the conference. We get everybody's best shot. We are the standard. Go be the standard. Go be the standard. You know, I'm just there's no other way to put it. Just no other way to
0: put it. Jerry ain't I, having it. I love this. No, Jerry I'm just, is, he is sick of it.
3: Just please deliver, God. Just please deliver for me. All right. You know, I'm just I just I want to we have the team to cut. The reason why I'm so passionate tonight is because seeing this team play this. Honestly, I think this team is good enough if they get to the dance to upset somebody. I, they're I, they, they are. So now no more, no more uh, dancing around the situation. Go go get it done. Go in go win those three games. I know we talk about the three games in March or three days in March. Here's your chance to get the three days in March. Win all go three for three. Cut down the nets. Let's see Louisiana, the term Louisiana on a bracket, and let's go create some March madness. Let's
0: go do it. Well, we haven't been a two seed in a very long time. So we're in prime position. I mean, this is about as good as it gets, especially in a league that is much better this year. You know, my favorite thing about the season is that it's provided clarity since I don't know the last couple three four years since we've heard things like basketball's dead in the south Houston's been the number one team in the country for like two months yeah your top two teams your top two teams in, in college
3: basketball from the south Alabama and Houston right yeah you know, I mean, by the way we Texas the final right four this road? year yeah you got right. Tulane that's making a run right now in New Orleans you got Texas down the road they're in the top 25 you got you got a bunch of teams in the south right now that are doing Fairly well. So I don't know what this basketball is. I mean, maybe the school to the east of the basin, but that's because they're in trouble. So
0: yeah, they're 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 screwed. I mean, they have <laughs> yeah, to, I mean, they it, have to take, so I
3: don't know. I don't know where we're getting this idea from because but, but I'm looking of, at a bunch of teams in the South and they're doing pretty good, especially Southern Miss too. So the team Miss. that won the conference from the but South
0: the point I'm trying so. to make is that the season provided clarity where again, you made the comment about chartering flights. We've chartered one. We lost that one. Uh, you know, all of the excuses, you remember they used to say that, uh, we had some kind of weird thing going on in the Cajun Dome where, uh, visiting teams are, are, oh no, we didn't get to practice in the Cajun Dome. So when we would shoot, we weren't used to shooting. you remember those goofy excuses. And then teams would come in here and shoot the lights out on the road. Then we heard it was impossible to win on, on the road. And then all of these excuses that they give us, if you just have a season like this, it gives the clarity that it needs. You got a McDonald's all American in the middle. You got the leading assist guy in the in the conference. You got two of the top, I think 6, three-point shooters in the conference, all right? Uh this is one of our better free throw shooting teams. There's been a couple of spotty games lately, but one of our better free throw shooting teams we've had in a long time. You got you got plug-and-play guys like Michael Thomas you can bring off the bench who played super well by the way against South Alabama. Uh, uh, that was probably his best performance in a Cajun's uniform. And he played a lot of minutes too. You got Isaiah Richards you can bring in. You got Joe Charles who single-handedly wrecked Marshall's entire offense. You have all these guys that are contributors. You still have Kobe Julian. God bless him, he's on his, you know, he's he, he, his knees are completely gone. No cartilage whatsoever left on his body. But you can still bring him on to get much-needed veteran minutes. Like, that's a luxury to have on the bench. And I have a sneaky suspicion that they've been saving him for the tournament. I, I don't know anything for sure on that. I just kind of watch how they manage his minutes, and it feels like they're trying to build up for him to have a big bang on the way out, okay? You have the pieces you need to meet. Look, you, you took Marshall, and you, you spanked him. Now, look, it was in the Cajun Dome. I get it. You beat Southern Miss soundly. Now, it was without their second-best player. I get it, but you did that. You went on the road and won some pretty big games. This team has everything you need to win. If I can't expect the dance this year with this team, with this group, when can I expect it? If I couldn't expect it in 2017, now look, like I said, I know Stove had a stomach ache, and I know Gann had a little ouchie. Look, I get it. I understand all those things. If I, You still can't lose that game in 2017, and we won't relitigate all that, but if I can't expect this team to cut down the nets, somebody tell me when I can expect it. Or should I just not expect anything at all? I think that that's what they really want, the people that are kind of you know, against our point of view. They don't want us to have expectations. They want it to just enjoy the ride. Oh, where, wherever we land is where we land, and you should be happy with that. Well, I think we've kind of made it clear that we expect more. We want more. I'm going to tell you right now, y'all seen the budget. Y'all seen the PL. 5300000 million. We need to make the dance in the worst way, just like we needed to make the Independence Bowl for the payout, just like we need baseball to go on a little bit of a run. We need money, and it's not exactly uh, growing on trees out there. We don't have you know huge crowds at every venue that we have. So it's got to come from somewhere. And at this point, I know you had a successful season. I know you went undefeated in the Dome. I know all these things, okay? Success is what the goals that you set are. They, The team themselves and the coach said they want to win the regular season championship. They didn't do that. They gave it a nice run, but they didn't do it. The next goal was to win the tourney conference championship. We have an opportunity that's right in front of us. And we've never been in a better position to do it. Well, not, not in the Marlin era, I don't believe. Then, if you know, if you fall short there, that's a, a missed goal. Say you win that. The next goal, and this is one that we can give on because I'm just happy to be in the dance at this point. But if you go and try to beat somebody as a 12 or 13 seed... Now you got something. Now you're excited. Now the fan base is back in it. Now we're back, you know, much more positive than negative. And I think we've been pretty positive on basketball this year. The the bit that we've talked, I think we've been pretty positive and fair. Um, But to answer the question that we posed to start, success to me is cutting down the nets. Just like you said, Jerry, I thought it was well said. I don't want to hear people falling back on, well, good season, well, undefeated in the Cajun Dome. Those are all nice consolation prizes. That's what they are. Success means accomplishing the goals that you said yourself you want to accomplish. I don't think that's unfair to say, Jerry. I mean, the team and the coach said that themselves. Should I not hold them to the standard and the goals that they want?
2: Look, I want to be back at the place where we're in the NCAA tournament. And the only way that we're losing that first game is Brett Smith is getting screwed by a terrible call. That was a no call that should have never happened. Like I want to be back in the dance so that we can overcome things like that that's what i want and it's been way too long since we've had the opportunity to do that and look again we hold every single program to the same standard we need to start holding this program to the same standard not a bash against marlin as a person human being i love bob marlin i've I, i think he's a great person and human being we just need more from the program and whatever It's not a from a talent standpoint, but for we got to get back to the consistency of when we were expecting to be in the dance every year. We didn't make it every year, but we were expecting to be there every single year. That's what we need back in this program to give it a pulse.
3: Well, we need to stop using we need to stop using bad memories of the past, whether we were on probation or got in trouble for something to not be able to grow in the future. You know, well, we got in trouble at this time, so you know, just because that happened, we'll never reach success. Well, if that were the case in football, then we would still be going six and six every year. We wouldn't have been ranked in the top twenty-five. We wouldn't have had a one had a, a conference championship. We wouldn't have been going to bowl after bowl after bowl because we would just would have settled for mediocrity. You know, I remember the longest time we'd win five or six games, and we thought that was the greatest thing ever. And you had some people that were okay with that. Well, I'm getting that same vibe with basketball sometimes, where. Oh, you know, we won we won 17, 18 games. So what if we finished fifth in the conference? It doesn't matter. We had a winning season. Everybody's happy. No, you got to grow on that. You grow on that success. you 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 compound that success. And so I think now, Nick, to your point, we should have expectations like that. And again, I keep talking about it. We need to stop with the culture of can't. Well, we can't do this because of this. Well, we can't do that because of that. Stop with can't, man. We have the resources. We have a passionate fan base. We have the players. We have the talent. Just go do. Go do. Go compete. Go win a championship. Get Go to the dance.
0: If That's not, now win. And we had this conversation on the board, and Jay kind of started popping off. But this is year 13. It's year 13. In year three, if you want to start talking about three days in March, I'll, I'll listen to that. It's year three. We have a rebuild going on. We have a lot of stuff. A lot of those were tough years. I'm willing to listen to three days in March. In year 13, it's the body of work, buddy. It's the the regular season. It's the tournament, and it should be into the dance. It should be. The expectations here are way too damn low for all of the things that we have in place, like you mentioned earlier. Look, you know, it's like
3: like we talked about the other day, Josh. If I own a restaurant, okay, and let's say my entrees aren't good. People aren't coming to my restaurants just because I have one good appetizer, okay? It's the same thing with the three days in March. It's the same thing. You know, I know the whole thing about the regular season championship in 2018 and how nobody cared about it. It's not just, it's not because nobody cared about it. It's the fact that we were sold as fans the following year that this is somehow our pinnacle. This is our peak. Well, we won a regular season conference championship. This is great and everybody should be happy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm happy we won a conference championship. But also on on top of that conference championship, I still want to go to the dance. And, and, and you, you know, and then after that, That year we had coaches talking about how we're the standard, we're this, we're that, and teams, you know, look at us like we're playing we're their Super Bowl. What? Because we won a regular season conference championship. That shouldn't be the pinnacle of our standards. Period. That's it's a great accomplishment. I'm not taking anything away from that regular season championship. That was a great year. Those players had a great run, but that not should that shouldn't be the peak. That shouldn't be the peak. The peak is to go to the dance. So whatever way you can get there, and and like last year. Not just the fact that you go to the dance, but you got to give me something in the regular season, man. You can't go finish in eighth place and play bad basketball for five months and then have three lucky days and all of a sudden you're calling that season a success. I'm going to tell you right now, last year, last year to me was not a success. Oh, because we made the championship. You finished eighth place in the conference, man. Is that is that our standard now? To, to play stinky basketball during the season and all of a sudden because we get lucky in three games, now all of a sudden it's a, that's that's success? That's not how, That's not how you maintain a successful program.
0: That's getting well, no, why I'll give them this. They played their asses off in the tournament. But three days does not make a, make a season. Unless you win it, then that's a totally different conversation. But I, I'm not going to say they got lucky. I'm going to say they played their asses off. Some people stepped up, and we had a very nice run in the tournament uh, and then into the final. So I'll give them the credit. I think that's due. And, no, but, And, and, everybody, but, and look, involved, everybody involved. But that doesn't make it a successful season. It makes it a successful Weekend. weekend.
3: Well, that's – and I look, I'm not – okay, maybe I took it a little too far when I said they got lucky. But the point is is that it doesn't take away finishing in eighth place of five months of mediocre to bad basketball. And the problem is we have – there's people out there that think just because we got to the championship that that was a successful year. That was not a successful year. Again, if you want to maintain success as a program as a whole, you can't just take and, – and I know we talk about the three days in March – to me the it, we, even though he it says it's about the th- they say it's the, th- the three days in March no it's the entire product it's the entire it's everything it's the regular season it's the, the the conference tournament it's making it to the postseason all of that plays into this and so again you know when you talk about the successful year in 2017 2018 yes we won a regular season conference championship again great success but that's not the peak that's not the ultimate standard of your program so you shouldn't be selling it as such. What you can say is, hey, look, it was a success. We hung a banner. It was great. We made it to the NIT. Now, next time, we want to go to the dance. That's how you sell it. Instead, you're telling everybody that this should be our pinnacle. Well, as a fan, how, what I guess I'm looking at it as, is that my expectation now? So just win a regular season championship and that's it? No. Again, my expectation, again, top four in the league with either an NIT or NCAA appearance. So maybe I'm asking for too much. I don't know. But again, this weekend, look, we're, we're one for two. We're one for two. Let's make it two for two come Monday night. Well, first, we got to start winning on Saturday and then Sunday, then Monday. But you get the idea. You get look, the idea. last thing
2: I'm going to say on this is I I'm a greedy fan. I want to win at everything, but I want this for the players. I want this for the Charles, the Browns, that every single player on that roster, they deserve to get a taste. And for recruiting, that's huge, man. Again, it's yes. not just monetary, it's it's program building. And we're still building our program after 13 years. We're still trying to get there and we've got some great talent. I want it for them.
3: I want yeah. it for them. That that's the biggest thing to me. And I, I want and them I, to make it. I've told people all year long I love this team. And, and I'm I'm I know I've shown a little I'm a little passionate about this because of this team, these players. Like you said, the Jordan Browns, the Joe Charles. Uh, the Greg Williams, the famous, the famous folks. I mean, those guys, I mean, they, they stepped up. I mean, you look at Kobe, the number of surgeries he's had and look at the intensity he still brings on the court. You look at guys like Isaiah Richards coming off the bench playing the way he plays in the paint. You know, you see God, I mean, you see the way the players interact with the fans. You see the way the players interact with the student section. You see the way the players ingrain themselves in that raging Cajun culture and how they wear that with pride. That's, that's why I'm that's also why I'm passionate about wanting to go to the dance because they they've earned the right to play in the dance they've earned it they just they have deserve to it, show is no it. question yeah they, they they deserve it they just have to show it this weekend and I would love to, and that's another thing about cutting down the nets I want to see those guys cut down the nets because they've played hard this year and you know what through thick and thin they didn't let last year get to them they actually used last year's motivation to get better and they gave us a fun they gave us a fun season up to this point. Now, now's the true, this is, this is like the class final go, go
0: and get it done. Uncle Jerry spitting fire. Let's get into the actual tournament uh, to just let you guys know what the results were from earlier. So on Tuesday you had game number one, 13 seeded Arkansas state beats 12 seeded coastal Carolina. Still cannot figure out how we lost to that team. Just brutal. Uh, Texas state in game two Beach Georgia State. Texas State was the 11 seed, Georgia State the 14 seed. What a nightmare season for Georgia State, who actually is the standard uh, in this conference. Again, three tournament appearances in seven years and has won a game, maybe two if I remember right. Uh, but unbelievable, the, the, the fall off for Georgia State. Game three, you saw South Alabama kind of skate by App State. They made some big shots late in that game to win the game. Uh, App State actually had a pretty good performance. South Alabama was playing good basketball. Maybe the Cajuns broke them. That would be really good news because they had some players. I think that they're susceptible if you run them off the line and you have a big that can match up with their 21. Can't remember his name. Uh, I think they're susceptible. I I wasn't too impressed with their their wing players. Their guards are okay. Uh, But if they can't get up a good shot, you have an opportunity to beat them. So anyway, South Alabama ended up winning, but they're going to move on. I don't think that they're... a too big, of, of an issue for the Cajuns. Troy, the fifth seed, beats Arkansas State. Uh, they were the 13th seed and they won earlier in the week, like we mentioned, 63 to 59. So a pretty good. Troy's been playing good basketball late in the season, also. Uh, so that ended up being a really good game. Arkansas State came to play. Texas State played again. They beat Old Dominion, 65 36. Old Dominion could not throw it in the ocean. Uh, game six, you saw jo- or excuse me, Georgia Southern and ULM will play here shortly, or maybe it's actually in progress, Jerry. Uh, I hate doing that because I know this is a recorded pod and somebody will listen two days later. But that's an important game for us because the, the Cajuns will end up playing the winner of that game. And that's game six. So those are some of the the, the results that have already taken place. Did By the way, watch? I'm
2: watching UL Monroe right now in Georgia Southern. They're uh, in a barn burner. It's 45-44 Georgia Southern. Right? Well, Actually, no. UL Monroe just took the lead, 46-45 with eight minutes to go. Now, Look at the Warhawks.
0: Look, I'm going to tell you right now. I think that the matchup for the Cajuns with ULM is much better. I think we just match up better. They don't have anybody that can play with Jordan or Lewis. Georgia Southern is a problem for us. Now, I know that we beat them in the Dome with a really fantastic second half. I know that we beat Georgia Southern in the Dome uh, in in that second half. But, man, that was a comeback for the ages. I mean, we were down 19 at half. Georgia Southern made everything they threw up. And I remember leaning over to Catherine. I said, look, Georgia Southern can obviously shoot it. But what they're making right now doesn't even make sense. So I fully expected the Cajuns to make a run, and they did, and they pulled it off. Really a fantastic college basketball game. I don't know if I want to see Georgia Southern again in this tournament. So I'm all for ULM winning this game. The only thing about that is, is if for whatever reason Louisiana shows up, you know, and we have a tough shooting night or somehow or another ULM plays well, I can't lose to ULM in the tournament with this team. But we'll play the winner of, of that game, 7.30. I don't know if that's Eastern, but it's, it says 7.30 uh, in Game 10 on Saturday evening. Saturday evening, that's, March 4th. That's Central Standard Time, I believe. Is it? Okay, 7.30. Yeah. We'll and,
3: and look, that's going to run late just because of the fact that there's probably going to be some games before that are going to you know overlap. But, yeah.
0: Jerry, I mean, obviously, I'm guessing you'd rather play ULM. Oh,
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. ULM only plays with like seven guys. They don't, they don't play with many bench players. And I think our depth's just, we're just number one, we're just better than them. And number two, I think our depth would overpower them. Um, I'd rather them than Georgia Southern only because I just feel like we would just, we would just beat them based on depth alone. Um, But yeah, we, we uh, can
0: legit run nine, 10 guys out there. And if they only play yeah, seven, oh yeah. they'll shoot their wad tonight, which is what you have to do, you know, to, 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 Survive in advance, but that's why you got to get the, the you know the higher double buy seed. That's why it's such a huge advantage.
2: Yeah, what happened to
3: ODU, man? Uh, I mean, come well, that's on, that's the shocker of the tournament so far. Thirty-six points that is, score, <laughs> like whoa! And they want look going into the tournament, they were probably one of the hotter teams. They were somebody put well. that gri on. I mean, I want to say they beat Marshall, didn't they? Beat Marshall and Southern Miss back to back, and then you hang thirty-six beat on Texas for sure. State. Yeah, they beat Southern Miss too, back to back, and then they score thirty six points against Texas State. That's crazy, man.
0: Lane Johnson, floor is yours, sir. Your thoughts on the tournament?
1: So the Texas State Old Dominion game, Texas State was up eighteen to one at one point. So that probably it just never got back into Old Dominion's hands
0: after that. Gross. Um, well, they just couldn't make a shot or –
1: I'm, I'm guessing. I didn't watch it. I, all I saw was the the tweet about uh, it being 18-1 to 1 at one point. I was like, yeah, that's not going to go well. But the... I'd like to see how Southern Miss does outside of their arena. Um,
0: I okay, agree with Alabama. you 100%. And I think South Alabama actually matches up with them decently. Now, Southern Miss can turn it on defensively. So they may be able to run their guys off the line. But... South Alabama is still playing pretty good basketball. I think it's a good matchup.
1: And yeah, man. Obviously, you never know with upsets and how a team's performing. I don't know how well Texas State matches up with Marshall and vice versa.
0: Yeah, for me, uh, saw so I watched this goofy dude on Twitter today break down the tournament. He loves Marshall. It sounded like a homer, but he barely even talked about Louisiana, the number two seed. Just foolishness. Uh, yeah, but, I, th- I think
2: he's a fan of that team. That I think that's why, uh, that's why. Gosh, people are so ridiculous. You all laugh uh, kidding me?
0: La laugh. La laugh. What a what a, well, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, James Madison and Troy, I think is a fantastic basketball game. And that'll be at two o'clock on Saturday. James Madison is playing really well. They finished the season on a tear. Troy also, I, I think there are two teams playing similarly and they're projecting up and they're just getting better as the season goes on. So your quarterfinal games are pretty interesting. South Alabama, Southern Miss, James Madison, Troy, and then obviously Texas State, Marshall, we mentioned them. I think Marshall just, you got, they have two 20-point scorers in the backcourt. I mean, that that's, how are you going to handle that? You, you got to really have the size to match up with them and and the speed and the depth. And you, we showed we showed the entire conference how to defend them in the dome. Completely shut them down. They were completely out of their offensive rhythm I still like Texas State a little bit more as a sleeper, though, because I'm telling you, Harold's a game-changer. Lane, did you watch any of that Texas State-Georgia uh, State game? I did not. If y'all remember, Harold came to the Dome and just lit it up against us last year. I, I never forgot that. That guy is a good player. Any thoughts on what is successful going down the stretch here? Are you happy with a good regular season, or you need to see the Nets come down?
1: I need to see us playing in the NCAA tournament. Otherwise, it's all for nothing. Yeah, the 15 and 0 or 13 and 0 in the dome's great, but at the same time you lose games you shouldn't. And then you go on the road and can't play in a decent environment and it falls flat. Like you just, like I said, we've been in the same cycle of oh, this will be great if we do this and that and some people are content with that, but most fans want to see the
0: Nets cut down. I agree with that. I appreciate your thoughts, Lane. We will let you run. Thanks for checking in. Thanks for participating and, and being here tonight. Appreciate you very much. Uh, I, I think we have a, as good a chance as anybody in the top three. Again, away, things change when you're it's, – it's a neutral game. You know, it's not a true road game. It's not a true home game. Teams play differently without the excitement. I think Southern Miss is probably the team in the league that most feeds off of their crowd. Uh, and their crowd has been pretty good all year long. So – They've, they've been very good at home. They have not been so good on the road. If if we win our game, and if Marshall overcomes Texas State, and it is Marshall in Louisiana, I think that's the game of the tournament, and I think that we're going to get Marshall's best shot, okay? It's hard to beat a good team twice, hard to beat a good team three times, whatever. I'm, I'm telling you, I think that Louisiana-Marshall, if it happens, is the game of the tournament. I mean, I think
3: Southern Miss. If you look at their some of their road games, I mean, they went to Mobile uh, a few weeks ago and got dominated. Then they lost to ODU, who just got eliminated by Texas State just last week. So, uh, to your point, I, I think the neutral site adds it adds a little bit of um, curiosity, of a level, yeah, it's well, a curiosity, but a level uh, a level competition, a level sure. environment that works to that works to Louisiana's advantage more than anybody. Uh, because, like you said, I mean, we go to Southern Miss. I mean, we missed four or five easy layups in the second half because you got 8,000 people screaming in your face. It's a lot different when you're playing in Pensacola and, and it's not as many it's, it's not 8,000 screaming fans pulling against you. And then on top of that, we're going to have some fans there as well. Uh, that environment's a little bit different if we were to face them. Also, too, again, um, I think Southern Miss just doesn't play as well on the road. I mean, we even beat them in the Cajun Dome, you know, so. um, I think the Marshall matchup is interesting and intriguing because, again, I'll go, you know, I'll use the Southern Miss argument towards us. We played Marshall in the Cajun Dome. I think it could be a little bit of a closer matchup. Uh, One thing that we did against Marshall was the fact that we beat him with our bigs. We beat him in the paint. You know, uh, the Terrence Lewis and and Jordan Brown were flawless that game and they played together. You had Joe Charles, uh, kind of that third guy with making rebounds. And then you were able to use. Both Lewis and Brown on offense in the paint. We scored a lot of we scored a lot of points off the board. So it's going to be interesting to see if Marshall can adjust to that. If we were to face them, how they would adjust to that from the first matchup. But I think that's going to be the to me that's going to be the tall tale sign of of who's got the better shot to win or win it all. Uh, I think it's going to be between those two teams. I think Look, the winner of that game most likely is going to be cutting down the nets.
2: I agree with you. I think if we beat Marshall, then we have to stop one player from Southern Miss. Who beat us a lot this last game and I think without a Southern Miss home crowd in their home arena I'm feeling good if we're beating Marshall I'm feeling good against Southern Miss and plus I just want to shut them up I want to shut those cocky fans up who think they can't be beat at anything who think they're the greatest thing that's ever come to the Sun Belt who who are like Louisiana Tech fans? That's why Louisiana Tech fans and Southern Miss fans didn't get along because they're the same. Okay. Oh, I don't know about that. Let's throw out. Oh, let's
0: nickname. I don't know about that.
2: that. No, I don't know about that. Throw no. that out there. Let's look. No, let's no. look. But we're not going to get into that.
0: Uh, but but just to put a bow on this whole Marshall Louisiana thing, I think that Marshall Louisiana. Look, whoever wins that game, I think you have an easier path to the championship because look on the other side of the bracket, you've got two of the hottest teams in the Sun Belt. And if I'm Southern Miss, I don't want to play any of those. I don't want to see Troy. I don't want to see James Madison. And I don't want to see South Alabama. They might be the strongest eighth seed in the history of the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. They are playing good basketball. Now, the Cajuns shut them up. But the Cajuns play one of the best defensive games I've seen them play at the Cajun Dome in a very, very long time. That game was, and by the way, the crowd, I know it wasn't as big as we wanted it to be. But it affected the game. Uh, And I I would say the same thing about Troy. Excuse me, uh, Marshall. But that was, our, that was the 5,400 crowd where Chicken showed up and they had something there that night. I, I I If I'm telling, I told Jerry, I said, I don't even think we played that well that night. It was just all, you know, we didn't make free throws and we turned the ball over. We got kind of sloppy in the second half. It was just total domination. Defensively, totally dominated. Jordan Brown showed that he was the conference player of the year even though he got snubbed, which I hope pisses him off and he scores 50 every game. Um, but Marshall doesn't scare me. I do worry about them, you know. I really do worry about that second round where they have the chip. Always worry about that. But as far as anybody else, I think it's Marshall and pretty much nobody else. I think it's the, I, that's the game for me. Marshall and Louisiana, if it happens, to me, that is your pseudo championship right there. Uh, so that's thoughts on that. Any final thoughts, and then we'll move on to the humps from Camel.
2: Win the damn tournament. There you go.
0: I
3: want to see Louisiana on a bracket come next week. Why is that important, Jerry? Tell the people. Why is it important to go to the dance?
0: No, well, no just to see your, your name across national well, TV and the bracket and all that stuff. Put it to Why you like this. Put it to you like this.
3: We try to, like, we always talk about how athletics is the number one marketing tool for your, for your university, right? Unless you're Ivy League or unless you're Stanford, the number one marketing tool for athlete, for, for a college is athletics. I mean, that's it's easy advertising. How many people fill out brackets around the country? Millions. I
0: think think last year was 11 million.
3: 11 million. That's 11 million people seeing Louisiana on a bracket. 11 million people. And they don't even have to know who we are. All they know is I see Louisiana there. And there might be some people that pick us for an upset, right? I mean, that's the importance of going to the dance. Another thing about that's another important part about going to the dance is you get paid. Just like you said, Josh, right? You know, we had the news: we're five million in the red and athletics and all that other stuff. Well, guess what? You get a little bit of a payday going to the dance, and then if you win the thing, guess what? Everybody's talking about you—free publicity. A few years ago, we we're talking I mean, about a damn nun,
2: Sister Jean, because yeah. because Loyola wins two games in the tournament. That tells you how valuable it is to the program
3: and the community, and 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 the players to
2: to do that and recruiting.
3: Make yeah. it happen. I mean, like you look at schools like, look, I remember as a kid, my uncle's a a UNO uh, graduate and he has season, I don't know if he still has season tickets or not to UNO. And I remember when I was a kid, I was like in second or third grade, I went to the game with him and he's, I was like, well, who's UNO playing? And it was a non-conference game. It was like in December. And he said, "Uh, they're playing George Mason. I'm like, who? George Mason? Who the heck is that? And that night, this was like 97, 98 or 1997, 1998. and, and, And UNO ended up winning the game. Nine years later or eight years later, I'm seeing George Mason beat UConn to go to the Final Four. And I just remember, oh, yeah, I remember George Mason. I sat in UNO Lakefront Arena with 500 other fans watching UNO beat him. But everybody's going to remember George Mason that one year. Why? Because they made the Cinderella w- run to the Final Four. You know, everybody's going to remember Loyola Chicago going to the Final Four. Everybody's going to remember Butler making it the championship game uh, Two, I think, what, for two two or three years? I mean, people remember the
0: national championship
3: game. I think it was two years in a row. Yeah. People remember those things. So not to say that we're going to do what George Mason didn't go to the final four. But again, you pull an upset in the tournament. People are still talking about that shot by R.J. Hunter against Baylor for Georgia for Georgia State back in 2015. People are still talking about it. Why? Because that was a that was a huge, huge win for their program. And it was a bracket buster. I mean, and his clown dad of,
2: falling down off his, his dad falling off the wheelchair, whatever.
3: whatever. Yeah. So there's, there's just so many factors that play into the importance of going to the dance and, and to the people that say, well, you know, not, you know, we can't always go to the dance and history has told us otherwise and all this stuff. Well, you know what? It's time to aim higher. It's time to finally aim higher. It's time to have some standards. It's time to quit looking at the past because we didn't succeed back then. Again, go out there,
0: win and go do, go do, just go do. As a fan, I want to watch us play in the dance, but as a person who cares about the health of the program, understanding the business of sports, we need, God, we need the promotion and the freaking money. We need it so badly right now. So for those reasons, we got to make the dance. As a fan, of course, I'm dying to go to the dance. It's been too damn long, but the business of sports is kind of more important right now, but we need it. We need it. Badly. Transitioning to baseball. By the way, if you guys are in the space and you want to speak, please request. We'll get you on. If you have comments out there in Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, or Twitter land, send your comments. We're going to entertain Campbell Camels from the Big South Conference. They are 6-1, and flat-out rolling offensively right now. Which is, uh, it's gonna be a good test for the pitching staff, which I still think we're gonna find out who we are. But just to give you guys an, an idea, here are the results for Cam Bull, Cam Mulls to this point. They took two out of three versus Rutgers. Okay, so they hosted Rutgers and they scored, what's that, 37 runs? Yeah, 37 runs in the weekend. Then they beat East Carolina, the number 11 team in the country, six to five in a midweek. Then they swept Butler and scored. Forty-four runs. That's a lot of runs, Jerry. I know Butler has suspect pitching, pretty average team based on their results so far this year. I don't know a ton about Butler, but early in the season, typically pitchers are pitching and defense is usually ahead of the offense. Not the case with Campbell, and I know Nick has prepared some stats, and we'll get into that as far when we go further into the conversation. And Nick, just let me know I'll stop sharing the screen, but. I know Jerry's interested in the series. He's made comments to me a couple times. We got to take two of three. We do need to take two of three. Nick is probably in the same boat as me where I say, I just want to win on Friday. I don't think any, I don't care who we play. St. Peter's, I just wanted to win on Friday. And I'll think about Saturday the next day. Okay, so I'm looking at Campbell. I think that they're going to be a formidable opponent. Jerry, your your initial thoughts on Campbell and, and maybe just kind of get into what you need to see this weekend.
3: I think it's the perfect test. Um, you look at their history, the last four or five years, they've gone to a regional, uh, they hit the ball well, they compete well against the best of the best. They're kind of similar to us in many ways. Um, you know, they get clutch hits, they have decent pitching to get by, and they have decent fielding. So I think it's uh, it's going to be a great test. I'm glad the game's being played here. You know, uh, our crowd maybe can have, have an effect on it. Um, but Uh, I know it's early and I know we talk about it's baseball and you got a 56 game season. I said that after the Magnese game the other night, even though we lost that it's a long season, but at the same time, this Campbell uh, series could not have come at a better time because now once you get past Campbell, you have a few more weeks and then conference starts. I think this is a great team or a great test. uh, Should I say before conference, because you're going to be facing some conference teams that are very similar to Campbell and uh, also uh this also helps with the rpi because you can expect campbell to win some games this year their rpi is pretty good they're right outside the top 25 um so i'm very glad we we, they're they're coming in i'm very glad we get to face an early challenge and so there's going to be some things i'm going to want to see i'm going to want to see how you talk about how they hit well i want to see how our young pitching staff can adjust to that i want to see how uh if they you know they get a few hits or a few runs. How we can face some adversities this weekend if we get to that position? I want to be able to see our team do what we did on Saturday, and possibly if we have to go to into a, a hitting duel, if we can out hit them. I want to see our team continue to field well. I know we made an error or two against Magnesia the other night, which is very, very un- unusual. And also, I want to see this team respond. Uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about Mag- the Magnes game the other night, but I didn't. I-, I felt like we didn't show up until the sixth or seventh inning. It was kind of a a, a late a late turnout for us. And it was just too little, too late. So I want to see this team play with a little bit of fire. I want to see this team play a little angry from Wednesday night, because I know on the bus ride back home from Lake Charles, they felt that they were the better team. So I'm excited about this matchup. I think Campbell's a great team. I think they're a great test for us. It's not going to be one of those little easy walk in the park uh, early season uh, uh, series where we're just going to get a sweep just by showing up. We're going to have to bring our A-game to win this series. And I welcome it with open arms because I'd rather that than to play some team that hurts our PI later in the year. And you don't you know, you think you're you, you get that false hope because you score 20 runs. But then you go see the team that you face and you become ne- another St. Peter's that win zero games or you may play another northern teams that, that may win uh, 10 games. Uh, I feel like this is more of a better challenge, kind of like what softball's doing. You know, they're not playing a bunch of easy teams. They're playing the best of the best. They're sacrificing some games. But, you know, after that challenge, they're only going to get better from there. I expect the same thing against Campbell.
2: Look, I think this is the first time this season that we're going into a game knowing the opponent. And, look, jury's still out on on Rice. They went up to Stanford, got swept. Stanford's damn good, okay?
0: Stanford's very good, and they were competitive in two of the three games. So Exactly. So I, I jury, count that as a damn win.
2: So, jury is still out on Rice. Jury is still out on BYU. We'll find out maybe this weekend. I think they played tonight. I haven't seen the score. So, this is the first, I feel like, series that we're going in knowing, look, we got an opponent that can swing it. What scares me, what I think we have to do is we have to win that Friday night game. reason I'm saying that, Chance Quilla. he's their Saturday starter. He's got a 5.4 ERA, right? Opponents yes. are hitting 184 against him. Yes. Okay. That doesn't line up well for us. Going back to their Friday night guy, Kay Keeler. He's got a 5.4 ERA, but he's got 16 strikeouts on the season. That doesn't line up well for us. So to me, we've got to get out to that Friday night win because Saturday, I, look, I don't think Dequila is a good matchup for us. He holds, like I said, opponents to 184 batting average. So that worries me a little bit. So I think if we're going to win the series, we got to win it Friday night and then come back Sunday. Ernie day on Sunday has us almost 70 RA. I think we can swing the bat and win against him as long as our bullpen holds up. But, but the key to me this weekend is going to be winning on Friday. If we get off to a good start on Friday, I think we'll be in good shape this weekend, but look Campbell can swing the bat, right? We didn't score 25 runs against, against uh, uh, St. Peter's and they did it in one game. So, They're going to be a challenge, but again, we know what we're going into this weekend and knowing it's going to be a challenge. So, uh, looking forward to it. Look, Campbell is a respectable program. Like you said, has made the NCAA tournament several years in a row, which we have not done. So, uh, I, I, you can't sleep on somebody just because of the name on their chest. Like we've said so many times, we've got to respect that opponent coming in this weekend.
0: Campbell is projected to be a regional team by every major publication. Uh, I think the first of all, the Big South is a good baseball conference. They're they're top heavy, but they have good teams in there. I do agree that yeah. the Quilla. Uh, yeah, 184 batting average. I don't know. Obviously, we don't know a ton about these guys. I'd have to see what he throws. I don't do you have any scouting report on him at all? Is it No, I looked Castro it up. Cinco I tried to see guy? what his
2: pitches were and everything, but there was no scouting report out there for him. I'll
0: see what I can find on him. But look, like you said, all of their top innings pitch guys have so the, the top four have 10 punchies, 16 punchies, 9 punchies, and 12 punchies. That's 10 and 9 innings. Two 10-inning guys and two 9-inning guys. Every single starter that they have that has started a game for them this year have a ERA north of 5. Actually, that's not true. They have one guy with a 4.91 ERA. That would be Mr. Hunter Lloyd. So I really think that the game is going to be played and won on our mound when we take the field we've got to be able to go out and hold these bats down now it's early in the season all these stats really don't mean a whole lot it kind of gives you a glimpse but doesn't really tell you the story we got to, like tony used to say we got to take care of our own business we got to worry about us we still don't know who we are on the mound yet we've had some nice outings i know moody kind of got touched a little bit against mcneese but he really it was it was he, he hurt himself with walks he didn't throw bad pitches it's not like he went out there and embarrassed himself. He still gave you six solid. I'm still very high on Moody. I need to see m- m- much more out of Ben McGeehee. We only saw the one start against Rice. I still think that he's got he's got what it takes. He's just got to pitch. He's gotta go out there and pitch. He needs some innings. Uh, I still think that Jake Hammond's probably solidified that Friday night role. Five walks against BYU is not gonna cut it. He knows that. Degs knows that, Seth knows that. I think that'll get fixed. And it's and it's uncharacteristic for him. So I think that might be a one-off. I like him starting the, the series off on Friday and we getting back into a, a regular weekend rather than that four-game midweek thing because of the Mormon stuff. You know, we had to, you know, that, that, sh- that is an unfair advantage as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, I want to see, see our pitchers go out and compete. Nobody believes that we're going to give up 25 runs. I don't think we're going to give up double-digit runs. We're going to learn a lot about our team, and I think the majority of what we're going to learn is going to be on the mound. Jerry, your thought.
3: Yeah, it's like I said before, it's all about pitching. I expect us to uh, pitch against because we're pitching against a good hitting team. Um, This is, again, this is the perfect challenge early on in the season. Um, I don't think that's going to decide a weekend rotation. I don't think that's going to decide anything like that for the rest of the year. But I think it's a good measuring stick of where we are as pitchers. I think this weekend will be a good test to determine uh, more – I guess more, or should I say, it's going to solidify a little bit more uh, where certain pitchers are going to be placed. Whether it's you know middle reliever, closer, whatnot. This is a good a good weekend for that. I'm curious to see like Tony used to talk about minimizing the damage. I really want to see if there's certain times of these games coming up this weekend against Campbell, if Campbell's able to hit the ball as well as they do and they get some runners in scoring position. I want to see our, our our guys compete on the mound. I want to see how they face that adversity. That's what I'm going to be looking for. Um, Can they minimize the damage? Can they find ways to get us out of uh, innings? That's going to be interesting to find out because again, Campbell can hit the ball. So I kind of welcome that um I know I know it's early in the year and we have a lot of baseball left to play and there will be some times where we might not play as well or we may give up some runs doing that but i I welcome that situation because you're gonna need you're gonna need to learn how to handle that later on in the year so I think Campbell is a great team to be able to find out whether or not these pitchers can handle certain adversities and not just the starting pitchers. I'm talking about middle relievers. I'm talking about guys on the back, the back end of the games. Um, I want to see what they can do.
2: Yeah. And and Jerry, I'm just going to go back to saying it's the reason I think it's a, it's a big test, but also a good test for us is that last year. And I get it. They lost some, some players off of last year's team, but generally speaking, this team is scrappy. They lost the first game of their conference tournament last year and came back and won four games, including two against Charl- uh, Charleston Southern, who's a good team. They're a good program. They won the final two games against them to make it into the tournament. And then what did they do when they got in the tournament? At Tennessee, by the way, they won their first game against against Georgia Tech. Now, they ended up losing the Tennessee and then the second game to Georgia Tech. But the point is, they're scrappy. They believe they're going into every single game knowing that they're going to win. So that's, the again... I feel like if we don't get off to a good start on Friday, Saturday, Sunday is going to be a real tough hill for us to climb. We've got to get off to a good start Friday night because that's our best chance to get some momentum in this series.
0: Agree. And real quick breaking news, the Cajuns will face Georgia Southern in their first game in the quarterfinals in the men's basketball Sunbelt Tournament. Also, I don't know if it was Nick or Jerry, but you guys asked what happened with BYU today. They won 12-11. Uh, and who did they play
2: I saw it on their scoreboard I saw that beautiful picture of their uh oh it's ridiculous their baseball stadium they it's played insane. Omaha
3: Omaha out of the Summit League Omaha. Uh, not a good team they weren't that good but they did win 12 to 11. uh and win. it's their it's their first matchup since playing the Cajuns on Saturday Utah Valley game was canceled uh Tuesday night so look just keep winning for us keep winning now
0: please let us return that trip because I really want to go um, but going back to uh, offense, and Nick will transition fully to offense now before we, uh, before we wrap. If you look at the if you look at their, uh, just glance over their stats, their slug is way down. I, I expected like five guys in their lineup to be north of seven or 800 slug. It's really not that impressive. What you really notice is that tons of walks, tons of hit by pitches, not a whole lot of Ks for the amount of games that they've played, but they obviously get on base.
2: They manufacture ways to get on base. I see you doing the Cajun counting over there.
0: Dude, 15, 15 players north of 400 on base percentage. Crazy. That
2: is insanity. And again, only two, only two players above 400 in, in
0: batting average. Now, look, if you want to talk about a kryptonite-type matchup, there's been some games this year, more than we'd like to say, that we've given up way too many free passes. Nick, you said it on the track to pack episode where there was just way too many. I think one, I think Saturday or Friday, we gave up 10 free base runners sat uh Saturday. We gave up seven. If I'm remembering that correctly, but too many.
2: Let's talk about, let's talk about that for a second. Nationally, let's sure. go to national. national uh hit batters right now. We're tied for 57th in the country with 13 hit hit batters.
0: So we've um, earned, we've earned the 57th ranked amount of hit batsmen. Our, the pitchers have given up
2: pitchers have given up okay yeah for hit batters but just staying along the same lines of like national rankings we're 112th in batting average at 278 as far as runs scored we're tied for 96 with 56 runs scored but the the biggest stat that jumps out to me which is different from last year which i thought we'd be way ahead of is offensively stolen bases we're tied for 39th with 13 which is okay I thought we'd have a little bit more, but tied for 39th is not bad. Let's talk about Southeastern. They've got 34 stolen bases this season. Wow. They're doing what we did last year, this year.
0: Matt Reiser, dude. That's scary. So We got to keep them off the base pass. That's what I see here. Apparently, they make you pay when you allow them to get on base.
2: Yeah, let me let me share um, real quick. I've here. got some stats comparisons. It's not real in-depth, but it gives you an idea of of some of the key key metrics that we have between us, and look, they're they're beating us at batting average, runs, hits, and home runs. We got the edge a little bit on fielding by barely a little, you know, eyelash in
3: ERA. But uh, the, again, you look at this, and they're going to be a challenge. In a wait, it gets even better. I'll add even one more. I found out a stat just now, Nick, to add to what you have here. Right now, uh, and as far as the uh, RPI, according to Warren Nolan. Louisiana uh, Louisiana's at 54 Campbell's at 55 so very equally matched teams uh, going into the weekend but yeah I'm looking at those hit they, they're hitting stats it's impressive yeah I put well I put together
2: the pseudo RPI for the opponents we've already faced this season including Campbell coming up and um, that again gives you a, a general idea now RPI this early in the season is kind of you can throw that out the out the window but it gives you a little bit of an idea um, what scares me a little bit is that not necessarily BYU because we swept them, but that that nice RPI, if that doesn't improve at some point through the season, that might be something we're looking at in May going, damn, we just needed that one more win, you know, against a bad team. So hopefully that doesn't come back to bite us. Hopefully McNeese picks it up a little bit as they go on through their conference season.
0: If it helps at all, they're picked to win the Southland by D1 baseball. So, I actually, Jerry and I actually talked about that before the game, and Jerry said, "We, you know, we got to win this game." I said, "Look, they had a tough start, but they have talent because obviously they have respect from the publications. I mean, they're they're projected to be a regional team. That's kind of how I gauge where I'm at. And early season, you're learning so many things about your new team. I, I don't know. I, I'm not too shook by that. In fact, I might it might actually be a good thing. And we'll yeah. talk about that on track the pack. You know, we'll talk about that more. Uh, by the way, Nick, you were talking about D'Aquila. Apparently, he's going to attack the zone." Sit between 89 and 92 from a high three-quarter slot. He has an effective, or he's effective at mixing and in a very good 74 to 76 mile an hour curveball with a lot of depth. He also <sighs> that has worries a solid, me. He also has a solid 78 to 82 mile an hour slider and a serviceable changeup that sits 83, 84.
2: Yeah, that scares me.
0: That That is that's terrifying. We got to get off. We got to win Friday, man. I'm telling we, you. you. You know what we need to do? We need to bring back small ball. Where where are the, where's the bunting? Where where's the moving runners and you we, we haven't seen a whole lot of that this year so far. With a guy like this who's going to attack you, throw strikes, make you pay for taking big hacks with that curveball and using that changeup. I mean, it sounds like a four-pitch pitcher. That that's not that's not really conducive to our offense.
2: Yeah, I think we have the ability to do it. I mean, we've shown it. What we had like a sack bun and then three bunts in a row against one of our games earlier in the season, but I look if 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 there's a time to do it, I think it's going to be Saturday because I don't think we can put confidence. I I know Deggs is putting confidence in the fact that we can swing it, but if we're doing like we did against McNeese and just trying to hack at balls because the wind's blowing out and we think we can hit it out the ballpark, then I think we need to we need to, you know, change our strategy. Look again, Saturday is the game that scares me the most so i think if if we're, we're gonna have to find a way to manufacture runs and we're gonna have to find a way to be creative on the base paths and be smart we can't just take off you know and and get picked off like we've done so many times a season and i'm saying all this and we might go out and win 20 to 1. i mean it, it's just you know by the stats we're, we're thinking that this is what we need to do um but again if we're looking at specifically statistics through this part of the season we have to get off to a good start on Friday. I I can't stress that. In my mind, that's the key to winning the series, winning the game on Friday, and then going from there.
0: I'm with you. Jerry, I'll let you give your comment. I just wanted to say this. Uh, apparently Kate Kate Keeler is their ace and he's a preseason All America. Correct. Wow. We're gonna need the crowd on Friday and Saturday. That's all I know.
3: You're you're right. I haven't seen that same type of I call we call it deggs ball, right? Where he kind of mixes it up a little bit. He's very um animate on on bunting at 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 random times when you least expect it. I know there's a strategy behind it, but as a fan watching, you're like, okay, that's the beauty of that type of offense. Things just it kind of hits you when you least expect it. Um, but against a pitcher like that, like what's his name again, Quinn Dequila? Dequila, if he's throwing some dirt at you and he's putting things in the zone that you can't swing and whiff i mean i don't think we're going to have a choice but to have to play some small ball and move guys over move runners over um it also depends on the weather too i know uh tomorrow we might have a little small front coming in tomorrow night supposed to be a little bit cooler but saturday and sunday it should be pretty sunny the weather should be pretty good uh i guess the only hope i have is i don't know how humid it is up in the up in the East Coast where Campbell plays, hopefully the humidity might help us a little bit there. And uh, I know we um, we had it; it was a little more advantageous against BYU because of the fact that we know the ballpark. The ball the ball doesn't carry out the teak as much, especially the center field. Um, you know, when you play a high powered offense like Campbell, that is known to hit the ball. Uh, you know, the the field or the teak becomes your best friend because we know well, the field better than they do. Coming
0: in, okay. So you're going to have a north wind, which means left field is going to be. That's going to be a danger spot. And also yeah. air is going to be thin because all that North in that North air is going to come in. So that might be an issue, but the, the good thing for us is like, we know what we mentioned earlier, there's not a whole lot of slug on this team. And by the way, I just found out they're one of the best small ball teams in the country. So the re <laughs> the reason why they make you pay for all those free base runners is because they know how to move them over. They know how to bunt to, for hits. They know how to get runners in score position and move for sacrifice. This sounds like a, like, quintessential degs offense that we're about it sounds to like see. us
3: it like they're like literally us. us um maybe we could treat it as if we're like a like a fall ball world series like playing against us it, they're almost a mirror image when you really think about it but i still think it's a great challenge i loved i, I love this series i love this weekend series just because it's it's a it's a perfect challenge for us and um you know moving forward and i don't want to get too far ahead but if you look at the schedule. Uh, the schedule actually eases up on us a little bit through the month of March as opposed to Campbell. I mean, if you get through this weekend, Jerry, I mean, I know. I know. Y'all are talking about, y'all are talking about Friday day, night. Jerry, I'm <laughs> looking about Friday. Everybody's, Friday. Everybody's talking That's about all Friday. I'm worried about, bro. But, but again, you, you know, I know we're talking about Friday, but it is a three-game series. And I know we have to take it one game at a time. I know all the cliches about that. But this weekend is important because it can kickstart momentum. If you – I mean – look, it's one thing to take two out of three from rice. Okay. And it's another thing to sweep a BYU team that we really don't know what to expect from them. We know who Campbell is. We know what type of team they are. We know how talented they are. So to me, it's, it's really crucial that we take care of business this weekend because that, that'll build confidence in our team. If you can do that against them. So again, I'm focused on Friday night too. Don't worry. But I'm really more curious. The, the, the thing I'm excited about the most is our matchup as far as our pitching against their bats. How – I keep going back to it, man. How are we going to handle – how can our young pitching staff handle adversity against a team that can hit like Campbell? That's what I'm looking forward to seeing the most. I and agree. that's what
2: we need to see at this yeah. point in the season. We need right. to figure it out. This is uh, – look, our competition is getting – it's increasing in, in, in difficulty – this is what we need to see. We need to see a, a good team that is proven to be a good team come in here and see how we handle it. And that'll yeah. give us a little bit of reflection for how the rest of the season needs to go as far as our planning for the bullpen, et cetera. So looking forward to it.
0: And then staying on pitching. I know I keep going back to pitching because I worry about it the most. Uh, they have a guy named Ty Cummings that's coming out of the bullpen. We'll probably see him a couple times during the weekend, but he touches 97. He Pitched 17 innings in the Cape this year, this past summer. His ERA was .52. He's got a wipeout slider, sits 81-83. He's got a couple of different pitches he'll throw you, but the hammer is the 97-mile-an-hour fastball. He'll probably sit 93-94. And you know how, look, anybody that's ever played baseball, if you have a good fastball and you followed up with a decent slider, I'm just telling you, that is effective. But we expect him... I, I expect to see him multiple times this weekend. The guy's thrown over 100 innings in his career. He knows what he's doing. He's a veteran. He's a, he's one of those stalwarts in the bullpen that make everybody else think they're better than they are. That's terrifying. And, look, we've done a good job as an offense, I'll say this, as, at getting in people's bullpens so far this year, making them pay. So that's one of the things that I think that we've been very good at, and I'm going to hang my hat on that going forward. But look, I don't want to see Ty Cummings. I'm telling you right now, the three guys that we've talked about sound like the kryptonite to the offense that we've been that we've been seeing. Now, again, it makes it even more important to use the small ball to your advantage. I want to see Marshak at the top of the lineup. I want to see some drop bunts for a hit. You know, I look, Debo's rolling, and I just really want to see Max back at the top of the lineup. I think he's the catalyst for an offense. I thought that when we played our best baseball last year, he was right in the middle of everything. Just an opinion. I don't know. Maybe you guys feel something different. Well, I think I think it's like I
3: said about the Magnese game. You don't want to wait till the sixth inning to show up. You can't do that against Campbell. You do that, you lose. I mean, that that's just the fact. I mean, you know, against against Magneese, you guys were talking about how we were hacking at the at the wall and at the fence. Well, you cannot show up late against Campbell.
2: Same thing will happen. What happened against McNeese? If we did that and lost against Magneese, you're definitely gonna lose against Campbell. So right. uh, no, I'm with you, man. We we gotta. Again, to me, Friday night is the key. We got to get to their bullpen early, make this guy pay for it, and um, if we do that, then I think we'll be in good shape for the weekend. By the way, Campbell has only visited the state of Louisiana one time when they played Southeastern in nineteen ninety five. They have never played the Cajuns, so this will be a first uh, first go for us.
0: Too bad we can't treat them to some humidity.
2: Well, I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not. The temperatures aren't going to drop to like twelve degrees. So I think it's no, going to be a little bit different.
0: But it is like forty six, which to us is cold. But
2: over there, really?
0: Yeah, that's what I. That's what I read. Maybe it's changed in the last three days. You never know how you know Rob screws up the forecast every week.
2: <laughs> Let me look and see what what Dick Ferro said. Hold on one second.
0: Yeah, there you go. I'm even more excited now that we've kind of gotten into it. I think that, like Jerry said, it's a good test. I want to see the team bounce back from a McNeese performance that was lackluster. But I really want to see us grow up on the mound.
3: I tell you what.
0: Man, I tell you
3: what. There's something about this time of year that just makes your head spin. Once we finish Mardi Gras and once the fun stops on Fat Tuesday, consisting of riding or attending parades in Mardi Gras balls, chasing chickens, and catching beads, if you're a sports fan, the real fun begins. Right now, the activities along Reinhardt Drive are unmatched. You have March Madness ramping up, baseball doing its thing at the Teague, and softball going toe-to-toe with some of the best teams the sport has to offer. The constant motion of Cajun athletics is indeed in full swing. Let's start with basketball. Going into the season, it's safe to say that apathy was at an all-time high. But as the season began, we saw something different about this team. We saw a group of players who brought a blue-collar mentality to the hardwood, which generated the highest finish in the conference in five years. Guys like Greg Williams, Joe Charles, Joan Brown, famous folks, Terrence Lewis, all becoming fan favorites with their grit and playing with a feel of local pride, which on top of that is an effort we really haven't seen from this team in quite a while. Now this weekend, they will have a chance to accomplish a feat that hasn't been done in almost a decade. And that is to make the big dance. It'll be tough. It'll be a challenge, but there's no doubt that this group will be hungry to compete and cut the nets down come next Monday night. Over to women's basketball, even though it wasn't the finish that we wanted, it's safe to say that Gary Broadhead and his girls still competed and still finished with a record maybe not as quite up to the standard as what we've seen over the last few years. But at the same time, the girls played hard. They competed all the way to the end. To Coach Gary Broadhead and his team, thank you for a great year. Best of luck next year. Come back stronger than ever, motivated for a conference title. Now moving over to softball. If someone not associated with Cajun softball looked like their current, looked at their current record of 10-6, and six, they would probably ask, what's with the slow start? After all, losing six games is pretty uncommon for us, even for the whole season. But Coach Jerry Glasgow and his team took on a challenge head-on, facing the best of the best of college softball has to offer. And they competed. If you look at the past two weeks, the Cajuns have faced teams like Michigan, Ole Miss, Indiana, Florida State, Arkansas, UCF, Oklahoma State, UCLA, and twice, the school across the basin. Let's not forget the upcoming matchups against the likes of Texas and Florida, living by the motto, anytime, anywhere. As the team continues to grind against the elite, we look forward to watching them grow and compete and continue to compete against the best of the best. Now we conclude with baseball. We have seen the positives of the Wolfpack early this season, but we have also seen some places where this team can improve. All in all, it's a 56-game season, and we are only approaching Game 9. But what can you say about the excitement that this team has created coming off of last year's late-season run? I think it's safe to say that this is the Mad Dex team we were all hoping for the minute he stepped in as head coach. And a lot has to be said about the closeness and cohesiveness of this group of guys that wear that script Cajuns uniform. I can't tell you how fired up I am to see this team continue to compete in not only a better conference, but also against the best that baseball has to offer. It is great to see the Teague rocking again. So guys, there you have it. So much to look forward to from here all the way until June. Man, I tell you what, the Cajun sports is in full swing. Like spring, it's a breath of fresh air to see some solid competition with Louisiana across that chest. Starting tomorrow, let's watch some basketball. Let's watch some baseball. Let's watch some softball. Overall, let's cheer loud for the Cajuns.
0: Nice job, Jerry. Thank you. I'll edit it and make it sound nice for the pop. Well, thank you, sir. All right, boys, it's been fun. We got a, a basketball on Saturday, we, but we got baseball Friday. Uh, that's the very first line of business. Uh, that'll be fun. I, I think that that will be uh, probably our most exciting game to date. So I'm hyped. Should be at the tee. Jerry may or may not be there. Don't know. Oh, I'll be there. I will be there. Please rate, review, subscribe to the pod, to the YouTube channel. Helps us out a lot. More than you know. Thanks for hanging out with us. We will see you at the Complex. We will see you in the byways on the uh, interwebs. We'll try to do our best to be graceful and gracious Raging Cajun fans. Because after all, we all have to get along, right, Jared? All right. Good night, everybody. Go Cajuns.